Support Your Life Living, a podcast about the life of a 20-something, the fuck-ups and learnings and real-life inspiration, how you and I can make the very most out of our 20s. Hello and welcome back. My name is Olivia, I'm your host and I'm just a regular 20-something who's trying to figure everything out in her life, including her finances and today I am incredibly, incredibly excited about our guest. I've invited Natasha Wiegelin. Natasha is a 32-year-old and lives in Berlin. After a short employment period at big brands such as Google and Parship, she actually decided to found her own company in 2012 at the age of 26, wggesucht.de, which is now Germany's third largest flatmate search portal. And at the beginning of 2017, she actually sold part of the company to Immobilien Scout 24 for a seven-figure sum. Since 2016, Natasha has been running Madame Moneypenny.de and she's also known to be Madame Moneypenny and one of the largest financial blogs overall in Germany. With the blog, her podcast and the Facebook group for women, she wants to encourage, inspire and at the same time support women with concrete tools to take their finances into their own hands. I have been an absolute huge fan of Natasha's for ages and ages and ages and when I saw that she was speaking at a conference for founders, I had to really really get up the guts to go up to her and actually ask her to come on to the podcast and she said yes so i'm incredibly happy also one of the guests who was on in the podcast previously santa noll uh, was with me and she kind of encouraged me so definitely because we've talked about that on the podcast before it was a step out of my comfort zone a step into my fear and it absolutely paid off because i'm super excited to share this with you i don't want to keep you for too long it's an incredibly inspiring talk i had so much fun enjoy listening guys and hop on over to at quarter life living podcast on instagram to drop me your comments and uh, dms and i can't wait to hear what you think of this episode Natasha, I'm so incredibly excited and honored to have you on the Quarter Life Living podcast. We actually met at the Wienerin Gründerinnentag, which is a day here in Vienna, basically for founders to get together. And I asked you to come on to the podcast because I've been following your journey and been inspired by your books and podcasts and everything you share with the world, um, finances especially for women. So I'm very honored to have you on. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. So I'm going to get right in because I already gave my listeners an introduction. Mm -hmm. uh, Natasha, I would like to know, how do you define success for yourself? Oh, wow. That's a big question right in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even really awake. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do I define success? Well, I think success is pretty individual. So, you know, some people link it directly to financial success or to career success or success in relationships, whatever that might be. I think it's pretty much, you know, being able to live on your own terms. I think that's success for me. And that's what I'm 
yeah, working on to achieve, to live my life the way I wanted to. And I think when you achieve that, then you're pretty much happy. <laughs> and that's probably um, the best success you can ever have. Great answer for not being awake just <laughs> yet. <laughs> now, my question is, what were your 20s like? Because I know you started your business in your mid-20s and you seem like an incredibly confident woman. You've achieved a lot in, in your life now and you're above 30 now. But what were your 20s like? What did they teach you? Yeah, my 20s, uh, first of all, I wasn't confident at all. So like pre-20s, my teenage years were pretty much like <laughs> a mess <laughs> and I wasn't confident at all. And then I started um, studying. I did my bachelor's degree and I also went to Cape Town for one semester. So that was quite, quite a journey, <laughs> like literally. And that was a really, really good time. And that was also kind of wild. Like I'm, I've always been a quite disciplined person, never really fell out of scope or did anything like wild and crazy. And, <laughs> you know, most people do that in their, in their teens or even in their twenties. I, I didn't miss that for, <laughs> for some reason. And yeah, it's pretty much, yeah. Then I, I studied, 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 and I did my, my master's degree as well. While then, I also started working at Google in Hamburg. Then I worked at Parship, which is an online online dating site. I think it's it's in Austria as well. And yeah, then I started my own company when I was uh, about 25, 26-ish. And yeah, that was pretty exciting. I wasn't ready at all for nothing, <laughs> but I still did it for, you know, just... I'm 25. What can happen? But that had nothing to do with confidence. I think it was just being brave, not accepting the status quo that I was in. I didn't like working for other people. So I decided <laughs> to start my own business, which is Vigi Suche, which is an um, online portal for shared flats and finding roommates. And I'm still doing that as well. And I started Madame Money Penny actually also when I was like 29, I think. Oh, great. Yeah, so that was still kind of in kind of in my twenties actually, yeah. In your twenties, yeah. And you you did like a lot of different things. So do you think it was important for you to try out like a lot of different things? Because I think a lot of people in their twenties think they should know what they want to do or have it all figured out. Do you think that was necessary? Definitely. It's you know, I hate that that there's so much pressure on the on that generation like being being in your 20s even in your 30s like what the hell i don't know what i'm doing in the 20s it's so normal to not know what you're doing and why and what you want to do and i hate the system that tells you okay you're 18 now you're done with school so what do you want to do for the rest of your freaking life so what do you want to study now for seven years and then decide oh well dentist maybe that's not my thing now that i'm actually practicing it so yeah try try out stuff in your 20s i mean that's what they're for you don't have any obligations you have no family you shouldn't have any like financial restrictions in your 20s 30s are different <laughs> you know 30s is then like let's say mid 30s when you're thinking about raising a family and stuff then 
those risky time where you can take risk and not have to pay for it really, um, those are over then. So in your 20s, I would encourage everybody to try out stuff. I mean, study different things. <laughs> try out two semesters history. Try out two semesters biology. I don't know. And just see what, yeah, what's what's the best for you, where you have where you have your passion, where you can imagine yourself. Maybe then, yeah, maybe it is then for the rest of your life, but maybe it's not, and that's just so fine. <laughs> I mean, I know lots of like fifty five years old who have not figured out their life, and they're putting pressure on everybody else or on their kids or whatever to figure out their life at 23 yeah it's crazy <laughs> I'm turning 34 in, in, a, in, in some weeks and like seriously I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> I'm still trying stuff I'm still trying out stuff I don't know if, if Madame Moneypenny survives the next three four five ten years I, I will do my best to do so but maybe it doesn't work out so then I have to shift over again and I think it's the best thing you can do is getting used to that idea that you need to shift all the time if you want to try out new stuff. I mean, there's lots of people out there who are also like, well, you know, I just want to have one job for the next 40 years and I'm happy and that's fine too. If you find that, jackpot. <laughs> but if you're not quite there, which is totally normal, then try out new stuff as much as you stay with your parents so they pay for your rent. <laughs> go shopping on in their fridge and uh yeah try try out new stuff and the only thing that can hold you back for trying out new stuff is uh, financial constraints if you have to pay for rent then you have to do this shitty job that pays you well so get yourself in a good position to being able to try out new stuff right and that leads me on to the main topic that we're going to talk about is how how you can kind of set up for financial success as well in your 20s so tell me and all of the listeners who might not know you as well as I do how did you get into talking and teaching about money and investing Natasha yeah, that was actually also in my, my 20s when I started my first company. Um, then I decided not to, um, yeah, not to participate in the state, how, what's it called, governmental pension system, whatever. Because I've, I had heard that it's, you know, not a good deal, which it is in Germany. It's, it's not a good deal. Therefore, I then signed some funny contracts with uh, financial advisors. <laughs> and those contracts were, yeah, were pretty good deals for them, but not so really for me. And I ended up with an kind of complicated insurance stuff. And I didn't know that. And I didn't know it for three years. So I, you know, paid, 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 and I didn't know for what exactly. <laughs> and I found out that it's yeah, it was pretty pretty shitty deal. And yeah, that was that was a moment when I was like, yeah, you know, you're almost thirty now, so maybe you should get your financial shit together as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then I yeah started reading about it and started blogging about it. That was the beginning of me trying to get on top of financial stuff as well started blogging about it and then people jumped on and I thought well you know that's that's a topic <laughs> people are reading my stuff and, and now yeah. and now you've built an empire <laughs> now I've built an empire around that yeah 
it's become a huge movement and you just touched on a point which I was just going to ask about because I think a lot of us in our 20s or I'm also 27 getting towards the end of my 20s and basically need to figure out my financial shit um what's the first step you would recommend to anyone who's kind of like all right I want to get my financial shit together (laughs) what's the first step yeah so I mean assuming that you don't have a lot of costs in your 20s because ideally you still live with your parents so they pay for your shit (laughs) if you don't if you have um if you have you know certain costs like rent and stuff then your first step or actually no matter what your first step should be writing down your expenses like what am i spending my money on and why and do i want that actually um just this you know just this exercise of writing that down um makes it visible like sometimes or actually a lot of times you know we have a feeling of how much money we spend and it's not that much <laughs> and then uh, once you write it down you see oh well that is maybe quite a lot of money i'm spending here on beer <laughs> or, or uh, the movies or whatever and that that's a good first step to you know get get on top of things and get transparency into your expenses and uh, also um on the income side like how much money do i actually earn how much do i get every month and then you know putting those two things together and seeing well am i on the positive side or more on the negative side <laughs> and also that and then you can challenge yourself right you can then see okay you know do i want to spend that much money on beer and partying <laughs> or um should that go into my let's let's call it financial freedom accounts or fund or savings which brings me to the next step like in your in your 20s it's just a perfect time to set a basis for your investments because the earlier you start the better it is so what i'm talking about there is actually like saving your money which you know you can do by um as i said you know what what's my status quo and um, how much do I actually spend and how much do I keep? And then um, maximizing that, like maximizing your, your savings and investing, investing your money, your savings, not all of it, but, you know, a good, good chunk um, so that it actually multiplies and uh, uh, increases instead of decreases over the time. And when you lay that foundation in your 20s, when you manage to invest your money smartly in your 20s, that's a huge deal. <laughs> it's a huge deal because then you're ahead of so many people by like 10, 20 years. And it's so much easier to actually become yeah, quite wealthy in the end. So a question that came from my followers and you kind of touched on it as well is obviously you just said you should invest you should also spend and kind of try out things. So you have these two different sides, like YOLO, let's travel the world and make the most out of our 20s versus long-term safety. So how do you go about that? I think you you need to find a balance. Like uh, everywhere in life, balance is the key. So, but I think it's just a mess. It's just math. I mean, you say, well, I've a hundred, a hundred euros I can save. Let's put 50 into YOLO and let's put 50 into investment. What's your priorities right now? And I'm totally for, you know, doing your thing. But at the same time, maybe just put 25 euros away and just save and invest them. 
And that's, I mean, you can have both. I think you can have both. I mean, and actually that's all, <laughs> there's actually a third uh, dimension you should do. You should try out new stuff. You should invest um, probably then in the stock market um, because that's that's the easiest, let's say, place to be. And third, you should invest in yourself. So in your knowledge, in um, your network and stuff. That's mostly probably more time than money, but still also money when you need to buy books or seminars or online courses or whatever. So yeah, you need to balance out these uh, three things. And of course, you know, you can say, well, now I'm 21 and I want to travel the world. So let's do that. And I get a job after that and then start saving even more. So, but I think it's not, you know, before people think like, oh, it's so complicated. Like, how should I do that? Then I won't do it at all. Then just take 25 euros, take 25 euros and put it into a mutual fund. And then that's it. Then go do your thing. <laughs> it's, you know, 25 euros per month is better than nothing. So instead of making it too complicated, just take 25 do you have like a system? How much money would you recommend saving like based on your income? Of course, always different versions, but literature says about 10%. So about 10% of your income should go towards your, um, let's call it financial freedom um, savings account. There's also a good system. It's called the six account system or something. In German, it's a uh, sex content model. So It's about having six imaginary buckets or accounts where you split your income. I don't have the numbers right now by heart, but you can just Google it and it tells you the exact ratio you can have for fun, you can have for your saving, you can have for, you know, investing in yourself. I think that's quite a good method because, you know, somebody, somebody has set it up for you and you can just follow it. And of those savings you should invest. What should you invest in? And especially where should you invest if you don't have a lot of money? Because a lot of people say they don't invest because I don't have a lot of money. So um, when we talk about savings, um, it's also quite important to have one more distinction. Um, there are savings, there's money that you just save and it just sits there in your bank account, which is fine. Um, if you need it within the next let's say 10 years. So if you say, you know, I want to travel the world and I want to save money for that, that just sits totally boringly in your uh, in your bank account because that should not be at risk at all at any time. So if you have like saving goals, which would be, as I said, anything that you need um, in the next 10 years for sure, then you just put it in your bank account and everything else will say, you know, that that can go towards my financial freedom, towards my pension in like 30, 40 years, whenever, or 20 years. And depending on how eager you are and how much money you can, you can uh, save and spend. And then, so with this ratio saying, okay, that's long-term investments, like everything beyond 10, 10 years, that's, that's long-term investment. Yeah, then you should get financially literate in everything that has to do with stock markets and mutual funds. So what I do, I invest only in ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds. You can actually start with 25 euros a month. And it's a big misunderstanding that people think, oh, I need to be rich to invest my money. Uh, in the stock market, it's actually the other way around. You become rich by investing your money in the stock market. 
if you follow some rules. And that's that's kind of a disclaimer. I just said ETFs. And I know that some people will now go and just Google ETFs and grab one. And that's your financial death. <laughs> so just don't do that. So don't just Google what I said and, you know, grab one. There's a lot more work to do before that, really. You need to analyze your financial situation. You need to, you know, analyze your risk adversity. That's a big, big step. And you need a strategy and not just not just Google ETF and grab one. That's that's really dangerous for you and also for me because I'm invested <laughs> and I don't want um, those Google people to ruin my to ruin my stocks <laughs> when it all goes down. So um, yeah, invest some time, read some books about it. There's really good good books on that kind of stuff. Let's take it slow. Investing actual time to becoming financially literate and just taking things into your own hands probably the best investment you can make up front definitely definitely and i mean in your 20s you have you have time <laughs> i mean it doesn't feel like it now but um, actually in your 20s you do have quite a lot of time when you think about it so uh yeah go go read a book go read a book about it go read two or three books maybe with different opinions and um yeah get financially literate i think that's that's the most important thing you know learn how money works how it flows um how you how you spend money wisely how you invest money wisely when you crack that in your 20s you're just you're so gonna win financially <laughs> it's incredible i wish i had started when i was 20 or 25 ish or something but i didn't so i'm really jealous <laughs> that's why i'm trying to encourage the young people to do it now yeah, hopefully there's someone listening who's in their early 20s and can start in place of you. You've mentioned before that our generation can't really rely on the pension system. I mean, I have listeners from all over the world, so it depends on where you're from as well. But can you talk to us just very briefly about why we shouldn't really rely on a pension system itself? Yeah, so the government pension system, as it is in Germany, you know, it relies on people paying into that system. And then people getting money out of the system when you're old. So right now, the younger generation pays for the older generation. So I'm pretty much paying for my parents right now to be able to retire. So the problem is that we have something called the you know, demographical change, <laughs> if, that's, if, that's a current, uh, if that's a correct translation. But what it means is that people are getting older and older and we have a lot more older people than we had like when the system was actually set up. So now you have less younger people having to pay for more older people. And that's not good <laughs> because that means that either the younger people have to pay a lot more money into that system or the elderly people won't have so much pension. It doesn't work the way it is right now, the way it was set up some years ago where it actually did work. I think when it was set into place, you had, I think, three or four young people paying for one old person. And now it's, I think, 1.5 young person paying for one old person. So we're seeing this huge shift. That's a big problem in the whole demographics. And in Germany, they are actually debating, like right now, you can go into retirement when you're 67 and they're actually debating putting this up to 69 
So that's two more of working. The system has to change somehow, but radically. Like two years, what the hell? What's that going to change? So I encourage everybody to not rely on that system. I mean, if they, if the politicians work that out, that's fine. I'll take it. I'll take the money, <laughs> but I won't rely on it. It has to change and probably will change over the next like 20, 30 years, but I'm not going to rely on that. And the only way you can then have a good retirement is to build your own. And that can be by stock market, also real estate. You know, there's lots, lots of different options. But usually in your 20s, you don't have the pocket money to buy a, <laughs> to buy an apartment or a whole house. So that's why I'm keen on stock market and funds. You also talk a lot about why it's especially important for women. Can you just briefly touch on why it's so important for women to kind of take care of their finances and especially for pension as well and stuff? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we touched on pension and um, what gives you a pension in the end is your working hours you put in. So the more you work, the more money you earn, the more money you pay into this um, pension system. And the less you pay into that, the less you'll get out in the end. And women earn less money just because, <laughs> just because they're women. Just because uh, they stay at home, right? This as well, yeah. So we have the stay-at-home moms, let's call them like that. Uh, we have the moms that do work, but part-time. And then we have the women who just work, but still earn less money be just because they're women. I mean, that's, so we have the gender pay gap. In Germany, it's 21% gender pay gap all across all women compared with all working men. But we have also 6% gender pay gap in the exact same positions. So the 21% is also, you know, because women tend to work in less well-paid jobs. Let's put it like that. Like nurses and all those, all the social jobs as well, like kindergarten and stuff. But the 6%, that is in the exact same job, same position, same responsibility, and still we're getting paid 6% less just because we're women <laughs> so that's we're earning less so that means we get even less than men and less means about 25 percent less that's a big chunk yeah i was mind blown when i first read that like on your channel is the fact that i just obviously in your 20s you don't really think that much about pension and the fact that maybe taking some time out of your job to stay at home with kids could have actually very long-term effects on um, what kind of a life you're going to be living, especially women in your group who are kind of separating from their partners and who are financially dependent on them and stuff. But before we go too far down this road, because we're already chatting for quite a bit, do you have any favorite apps, tools for automating saving and investing and your favorite books you recommend to our listeners tools for automating my investment uh, savings actually i, I don't <laughs> i don't have now that i think about it i mean i have my i have my bank account and i have an app for my bank <laughs> and um, the automation is actually within that because all i do is i'm telling my um bank like my my broker which is then my my bank take let's say 100 euros per month and put them into those uh, three ETFs <laughs> that all it needs pretty much. So, um, yeah, I don't have any, any other um, tools for that, but I mean, what there is is some kind of budgeting apps where you can 
put in your expenses. Most of them are for free. You know, just go in the app store and see what looks fine and try it out. And books, a couple that are also available in English, like one is Prince Charming Isn't Coming. It's by Barbara Stanley, I think. That's a good book for, you know, slipping into that whole financial stuff. Then there's also Worth It by Amanda something. For Our Work Week, of course, by Tim Ferriss. Uh, maybe another one that's kind of an underdog. It's by M MC DeMarco. The Millionaire Fastlane. That's on also entrepreneurial stuff. We've talked about so much and, and thank you for sharing everything at the end of my episodes, I'd like to ask my guests, if you could go back to 20-year-old Natasha, who's sitting in a Chinese restaurant and gets a fortune cookie, what would be the one or two pieces of advice you'd tell yourself, not necessarily related to money? I think it's just so important to not care about other people's opinions. And I think especially in your 20s when you have no clue who you are and what you want to do <laughs> and why the hell you're actually here, it's so important to get opinions from different people but also learn to filter them. And just because your mom says you need to do this and that doesn't mean that that's you. And you probably don't know what's you right now, <laughs> but you have enough time to figure it out. Figure it out, take your time, no pressure, But also on the same side, like don't really give a shit about other people's opinions, like how they live their life or they regret not living their life. They will put it all on you, especially your parents. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, try, try to make yourself free from those other opinions and just take off the pressure. If you can do your 20s without that much pressure, without pressure from your parents, pressure from your other people, I think that's, that's a huge win. Yeah, I need that advice now. It's more so pressure for myself, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also a good point. But then again, where is that coming from? You know, I mean, that is because people are telling you, you know, please figure out your life now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's so, I love the fact that you actually said, I don't have everything figured out. Although from the outside, you know, everything looks completely figured out. <laughs> is there anything you would maybe have done differently in your 20s? I don't think so, because then what? <laughs> you know, if I had done things differently, like where would I be today? I don't know. Like maybe if I studied something differently, maybe if I had started working somewhere else, maybe I, if I didn't do the internships, maybe I, if I didn't go abroad. Sure, yeah, my, my life would definitely be different right now, and I wouldn't want that. <laughs> so... No, I, I wouldn't really do anything that much differently. It's all It all worked out and it will work out. And that's how it should be, I think. Where can people find you or do you have anything to share with the audience where they can get in touch with you, follow your journey and obviously learn more about getting their financial shit together? <laughs> Whenever you Google me, <laughs> everything pops up. So um, feel free to follow me on Instagram, Facebook. Also, I have um, like a WhatsApp channel where I post audio files with um, some kick-ass Monday motivation. <laughs> uh, you can, of course, listen to my podcast. Well, it's all in German. But podcast, Instagram, Facebook, on Amazon, you find my book. You find all my blog posts on madamanipenny.de. Um, and 
yeah, from there you get soaked into that whole topic. Perfect. Natasha, thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy to have you on the Court Life Living podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, guys, that wraps up the last episode for season two of the Course Life Living podcast. We're going into winter break, into Christmas break. We're going to take a time out, a step back to reflect. And I hope you take time out for yourself too to step back and reflect on the year that's gone by. I'm definitely going to do that in all things, whether it's with the podcast. Also, I started my own business this year, so it's been a big, big year. So I'm very happy with this podcast episode. I'm very happy to also take a step back afterwards. But I just quickly want to share my thoughts around finances in my 20s and also some of the learnings from this episode. I think one of the biggest things I've learned from Natasha through following her journey reading her book and doing some of her online courses, I've learned the fact that mindset has so much to do with your bank account and how much shows up on your bottom line. It's not just about working hard or... Yeah, I think we often have the perception that if you work super, super hard, you're always going to be successful. And I've actually seen that in both my life and other people's lives that sometimes it's actually not like that. Sometimes it actually doesn't have to be that hard. And usually a reason for seeing negative results is a negative mindset or false beliefs around certain topics. And money is a very emotional topic that's very much taboo. Um, so I'm very happy that it's becoming more of a topic to be talked about also especially among women so I want this episode for you, all of you to be an encouragement to talk about your finances whether it's with your parents your friends especially your women friends to bring it up because I've been on tables with just men and they're so much more comfortable talking about finances and talking about who earns what and how you can negotiate salaries and all that jazz so I just think that's something that needs to be talked more openly about also another insight um, is the fact that it can actually be quite simple to get a handle on your finances and it's something that I've definitely overthought and this podcast episode was an absolute reminder that it's not actually that hard to just sit down with a piece of paper write down what comes in what goes out and how can I adjust those two things how can I save on not spending too much going out but also what can I kind of adjust to bring more money in maybe have uh, more than one income stream all that jazz yeah I'm definitely nowhere near perfect but a couple of weeks ago, I sat down, and this might sound weird, I sat down next to the fireplace when I was in Ireland, and I wrote down all of my false beliefs around money. Maybe money is something negative, it's hard to come by, all those things. There was about 10 or I think it was even 20, like a lot of them, and just beliefs I wanted to kind of let go of around money and my mindset around that wrote all of those down I cut them up with the scissors and I dropped them in in the fire and also at the same time every time I 
drop one in the fire I wrote it into a positive one down on a piece of paper in my journal and that might sound like a very weird thing to do but try it out um, it definitely helped me to get rid of some of the the beliefs around money and I'm going to be spending more time in really like setting up a system when it comes to investment so that I kind of want to set up a system where I I really invest a lot of time now kind of educating myself around investment how I can save and invest automatically like with tools like online banking which we talked about in this episode to kind of automate it and not have to think about it so much another really great insight which I had which actually coincided with a question that came over Instagram from one of my followers is the fact that what do you do with a big lump sum of money and I think what we often tend to think is that we have to take that one big lump sum and do one thing with it and I really had this epiphany and also Natasha mentioned it that it's all about balancing and it's all about setting goals and what do I want to put towards what and some goals will be 10 years and on so some of the investments might be a long way away and some things like traveling to a certain country going away for a year which is all the things that we should be doing during our 20s as well it doesn't mean that we can't still put another amount away for longer term goals so I think this thought of just having one place to put your money is just wrong and this has been an absolute red thread throughout this podcast is getting to meet such wonderful people and just talk to them on an intimate level getting to know their thoughts yeah it's just been such a great journey for me and the quarter life living podcast has been probably one of my biggest personal growth journeys so just for that I'm very grateful to have it but Natasha said you know I don't feel like I have everything figured out I mean Look at her successes. She worked at Google. She worked at Parship, which which is a huge company in Germany as well. It's like the biggest dating platform. She then founded a really successful company, sold that for a seven-some figure and still feels like she doesn't have things fully figured out. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) Which is so grounding to hear and so lovely to hear because... Um, we can often look at shiny lives and just see see things from the outside and not see all the struggles behind it and all the what what they try out and what they go through and how they feel. I think everybody experiences actually similar things. Um, it's just different levels. That's one of the things that I've learned throughout this podcast so quarter life living is coming to the end of season two as i already said i can't wait to take out some time to reflect i i feel like we now live in a very much in a world where we have to take in a lot of content a lot of input and i actually want to again inspired by what Elisa said in one of my recent episodes on sexuality, the female cycle, but we also talked about fear and everything, is to take out time to reflect and 
also to put that input everything you have heard in this podcast or another podcast or books you've read I think the most wasted thing we we can do with this content overload is to not put any of the stuff that we read or hear into action so I want to encourage you and I uh, to use the podcast break use Christmas the new year to take a step back also to decide what do I want to put into action maybe I don't need to read more books right now and to really reflect on do I need this right now and what I love about podcasts is that they're going to be there for a while so you can always come back to Gorse Life Living you can listen to the episodes when they're relevant for you at the time because I know that everyone goes through different phases and a certain topic is not going to be relevant or really resonate with you right now but it might later okay enough yapping I wish you the most wonderful Christmas or holiday time no matter what religion or traditions you have spent with family and friends I send you my love thank you so much for listening to this podcast I truly truly appreciate it it's been a big journey thank you yours truly Olivia Olivia